Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Doggy Pod. I'm producer Stephen Peters and with me as always is a good mate of mine and frankly one of the best vets in the country, Dr. Rob <laughs> Zamet. You don't mind me saying that, do you, Rob? Uh, I'm not sure about that one. But listen, thank you for listening. In this episode, I'm going to try and give you some advice on what to do if you're confronted with an aggressive dog. I mean, it's a situation I think that most of us have been at some stage confronted with what do you do if an aggressive dog comes up to you yeah. how do you handle it we've all been there we've all been there also Rob will tell us about uh, kennel cough what is it and what are the signs that your dog might have it <coughs> that's it <laughs> and and as a special treat in this episode we're going to play you a little bit of an interview with a retired Victorian police officer. This is truly a heartwarming story, mm. an amazing story. Really is, Stephen. And of a special relationship between, you know, sadly, a dying man and his beloved dog. But before we get into that, let's talk about what's been happening in the clinic this week. Dr. Rob? A um, case of type 2 diabetes. You know, dogs don't get type 1 diabetes. Type 1 you're born with and you show it from a very, very young age. Dogs mainly get type 2 diabetes where there are special cells in the pancreas called the islets of Langerhans. They produce a, a hormone called insulin. And we've talked a little bit about insulin in the past where insulin's the hormone that opens up your cells so that they can take glucose or sugar from the blood and have the cell function properly. When you don't have insulin, that cell, the little gate, I guess you call it, doesn't open up, that the glucose can't get into the cell and so you feel hungry, you want to eat all the time. This is diabetes and type 2 diabetes occurs in dogs, uh, not infrequently. The weird thing is, I want to say weird, not for me, <laughs> the owner said, oh, that's funny, I was just diagnosed with type 2 diabetes as well. And I've always thought that's just a bit of a coincidence, but a recent study has shown that this is very common, not with cats, but with dogs, 
where they have type 2 diabetes, very often the owner does as well. No. I'm serious. And that doesn't a, make any sense whatsoever. Well, you'd think not, but maybe it does. Because then when they have investigated, why is this so common in dogs, in canines, that the owner and the dog both get type 2 diabetes? Well, guess what? Lifestyle. The owner doesn't go out, so oh, the dog yeah. doesn't go out. Yeah, the do- owner's often a little bit overweight, so guess what? The dog's a bit overweight. Right, the that makes sense. The owner yes. eats pizzas and takeaway, and guess what the dog gets treats from? Mm. Pizzas and takeaway. So they believe it is the lifestyle. The research has just started in this, but there were quite a lot of cases that were investigated where dogs had type 2 diabetes and gone back, had a look at the owners, yep, same deal, type 2 diabetes. So... In dogs' case, it means injections of insulin because tablets do not work in dogs. So they have to have injections twice a day usually before a meal. Sometimes you can get down to once a day injections to control the blood sugar. And occasionally it uh, can settle down and, and reverse itself a little bit. It does not uncommonly in cats, but it's something that you've just got to be aware of. If your dog starts drinking a lot, putting on weight and uh, showing signs of, of of lethargy and doesn't want to get round, trip to the vet for some blood tests and don't be surprised if the blood glucose is up. Uh, that means your dog has diabetes and has to start insulin injections to try and stabilise his blood glucose. And, of course, they do say, I don't know if this is true, that, that in humans, if you have uh, type 2 diabetes, you can probably never get rid of it. Is that the same in dogs? I often wonder with the obese dogs, if you can trim them off and get them onto a good diet, uh, because now with humans, it's changed. Mm. Some humans have beaten type 2 diabetes by weight loss and by dietary changes. So it is possible to exercise, weight loss, dietary changes can all add to the reversal of it. I don't know if you can do it in dogs, but I think it is a something worthwhile looking at. I think your veterinarian will be able to monitor it and see if your dog can come off the insulin. So, Rob, it's probably happened to all of us at some stage. Walking down the road and we've been confronted by what may or may not be an aggressive dog, but you just get a sense that this dog's walking towards you with purpose... And, of course, you know, you, you worry and you start to... The dog can sense your fear. Um, what should you do? Because you can't stop yourself feeling like you're worried or scared because this is a big, mean-looking dog walking straight towards you, possibly walking your own dog. Mm-hmm. What, what can you do? What sort of defensive things can you do? Well, stay calm, even if you're inside you're not. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> really, hard. Don't yeah. start waving your hands around. Don't try and shoo the dog away because... You're giving him targets to aim at. So do not try and shoo the dog off with your arms and tell him to go away. Don't talk to him. Don't look him in the eye. Do not look this dog in the eye. Try and just gently turn sideways and keep your hands by your side. By all means, keep you know, a watch on the dog. If he's going to enter into an attack, you may have to try and defend yourself. If you can get a barrier between you and the dog, anything... If you're holding a stick, don't go trying to hit the dog with the stick. That's just going to incite the dog into an attack. Mm. But if the dog starts coming at you, just keep the stick between you and the dog. You know, if he's going to bite something, get him to bite the stick. But if this dog's barking at you, like mm-hmm. quite aggressively, yep. it's very hard to stop your 
you know, hormones going crazy. Uh, not hormones, but um, yeah. uh, no, whatever it is. Hormone, adre- yeah, yeah <laughs> it is. It, it's the fight or flight reflex yeah. that makes you want to either run. Don't do that. You run, you become, you know, dogs prey that runs away from them. When in, in the wild, that's what happens. They, they chase animals. You know, cats are ambush animals. They'll try and ambush their prey. Dogs will chase and chase and chase. Wolves will chase their prey for miles uh, and then bring them down when they're, when they're absolutely exhausted. Same with uh, an aggressive dog. If you run, you've given him a target to, st- to yeah, uh, of course. launch himself into. So don't run. Don't run away from him. If the dog... <clears throat> If you're on the ground and the dog comes up, try and put yourself into the smallest ball you can so the dog can just sniff you and hopefully walk away and lose interest. Uh, if you're uh, standing up, just try and keep your arms together, close by your side, fold them if you can, and just stay there quietly. And then very slowly move away from the dog. Don't go running away fast. And as I say, try and keep something between the dog and yourself so that if an aggressive dog is going to launch at something, maybe it'll it'll try and attack that thing. Be it a stick that you're holding out a little bit. Don't try and lunge at the dog with a stick. But if he's going to bite the stick, that's well, better than biting you. What if uh, what if it takes a nip at you? Um, like at your pants or, or your foot or something. Yeah, look, I, I, look I, I do get very like, no, get away. You know, stop that. Stop, I do try and be forceful to them. Mm. Will um, that make a difference then if you just put on a really yeah, yeah, forceful very, tone. Very dominant tone and uh, you know, probably what I do is different to what a lot of other people would I even recommend people to do. Hmm. But yes, you've got to be a bit forceful. No, you know, just and try and calmly get some support from someone in a house nearby. Don't go screaming. If you start screaming, that's also, that's what prey does. It screams and the dog will launch into an hmm. attack. Move away slowly always just just very slowly watching the dog try and stand sideways to the dog and just move away very very slowly because you really don't know why why that dog is so aggressive no is it just um innate aggressive behavior very few dogs are born with just pure aggression in their heart it's usually something that unfortunately has happened because of experiences that the dog's been given through its life and uh, it's not a good, the dog's fault, but it's also not the way it should be. You know, it's supposed to be a human canine bond where, okay, I'll bark if someone comes to the house, but I don't launch into an immediate attack just because someone's near my property. We don't know what's caused the dog to be aggressive, but we know that it's happening, so walk away slowly. So my dog recently had a very persistent cough, which she still does from time to time. But anyway, I started to worry about what if it was more than just a minor throat irritation. And the only thing I could think of, probably out of ignorance, was is that kennel cough? Because I'd heard of that those words, kennel cough. Um, so what is kennel cough and is it something that dogs get these days? Oh yeah, kennel cough is still alive and well in our oh. community. Um, most dogs are vaccinated for it, mm. but the vaccine doesn't give you total prevention. Why? Because the vaccine gives you, most vaccines give you prevention for about 26 or 28 strains, and there's some 40-odd strains out in the wild. Of, of kennel so, cough? Of kennel cough. Uh, there are two bugs that cause kennel cough. One is called para-influenza, and the other one 
which is a virus. The other one is called Bordetella bronchiceptor. Now, that's the interesting one because Bordetella bronchiceptor is related to whooping cough. Whooping cough is Bordetella pertussis. And the two can cross-infect and do sometimes cross-infect. In fact, uh, my, both my kids unfortunately ended up with the Bordetella bronchiceptor type of cough. Oh, okay. And uh, we had to you know, keep a, a watch on them for probably two years. You didn't, have to, you didn't have to put them down or anything? No, we didn't. No, it good. was all right. And we could take them dog training. Was, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, yeah, if a, cough, a dog with kennel cough coughs in your child's face, they can pick that up. So <clears throat> very much make sure they're vaccinated. Mm. If you hear your dog coughing, the, it causes severe inflammation and irritation of the upper airways. So it happens more when it's cold. Early in the morning, uh, as night falls and it gets cold, your dog will start coughing like there's something stuck inside their throat. In fact, that's a, you know, they try and bring mm. something up. They'll sometimes bring up some white phlegm, but it's a trip to the vet to get it diagnosed because what are the other things that can cause a cough? Of course, there's collapsing trachea where part of the windpipe tends to collapse a bit in some breeds of dogs and small dogs especially. It could be, of course, something severe like heartworm. It could be something extremely severe like a lung cancer. And it could be heart failure. All these things can cause cough in a dog. And your vet has to diagnose which one it is. If it's kennel cough, they'll often, uh, depending on how bad it is, they may say, look, just keep it warm and uh, give him a bit of a cough suppressant for a dry cough. can help just relieve what some of the inflammation. Yeah. suppressant? Yep, just a, a dose according to the size of the, of the animal. Uh, they may prescribe some anti-inflammatories if it's very, very bad. And if they think there's secondary bacterial involved, they'll give you an antibiotic as well to overcome it. The big thing is <clears throat> keep them warm, and you know warmth is really going to help a lot. Try and avoid those cold times of early mornings and early evenings outside. They have to go to the to- toilet, of course, but bring them inside, keep them cold, keep them warm. Uh, it's not tends not to be a killer disease. However, if you just let the dog go and just think, oh, it'll get over it two things might happen. One, you can have scarring of the lungs, in which case the dog will run out of puff for the rest of its life very quickly Mm. uh, or have a cough on and off for the rest of its life. Or the dog can develop pneumonia and then it becomes very serious. So it can become serious. Usually not. Most dogs do get over it. But be aware that it can become a really problematic both to your children and to yourself and certainly to your dog if you don't do something about it well worthwhile a trip to the vet and worth well worthwhile having your dog vaccinated for it. So it has, I just said, you know, it may still get it, but what happens is they get over it a lot faster mm. with um, vaccination. They may still get it, but they get over it just very, very much faster than unvaccinated dogs where it can go on for uh, three or four weeks sometimes. Where would they get it from though, typically? It's a very infectious organism. From another from, dog? Another dog, another dog coughing, or from you. If you uh, pat a dog outside or a dog coughs near on your clothing, you might bring it home. So it can happen. It's you know, airborne and okay. it'll, it'll when, when it's going around, I know this a particular city, it goes right through the whole city. There was an outbreak recently in a city of uh, Australia, Adelaide. There was mm. quite a bit of kennel cough there and it was reported both on the news and in veterinary magazines of the kennel cough outbreak in Adelaide. Was it a different strain or whatever? Not sure. 
but we see it going through the Sydney Basin from time to time, through the Hawkesbury Valley, and every dog gets it. And sometimes you see it in conjunction with um, uh, whooping cough when people, you know, authorities say, oh, there's a bit of an outbreak of whooping cough in, in children. You often find, yep, guess what? Dogs have got kennel cough as well. So not, not a dangerous disease if you do the right thing by your dog. Certainly not life-threatening. No, keep them inside, keep them warm and uh, lots of cuddles. <laughs> Now, we're going to play you a little bit from a true crime podcast series called The Crime Couch. It's hosted by Melbourne-based journalist Rochelle Jackson, where she sits down with people from both sides of the law and talks through their lives. And um, this one particular story really touched us here at the Doggy Pod. It's an extraordinary tale told by a retired cop who sadly doesn't have long to live, but now has this amazing bond with his dog. Trust me, you'll find this story quite powerful and the love he has for this dog and the way this dog has changed his life, even at this very late stage in his life, uh, will sound familiar, of course, to all dog owners. But anyway, we thought you'd like it, so have a listen. This is from The Crime Couch. Ron Fenton was in Victoria Police for 40 years. He joined the job at 16 and was the youngest constable to work in the search and rescue squad. Ron has a PhD in survival. He's been shot in the head, broken 37 bones in a motorbike accident, tried to take his own life several times, and been diagnosed twice with terminal cancer. You left the job in 2012, Ron, due to ill health. Now... How difficult was this time in your life? Post-traumatic stress disorder is a terrible thing. Um, it was probably the, the most traumatic period in my life because you, you're trying to analyse whether, whether the thoughts, processes you have and whether the feelings you have are actually genuine feelings or are they a result of the illness you had. And it's trying to work out what, what is reality, what is not, and how much can I put up with this, etc. the night terrors. Uh, the feelings of inadequacy, the feelings of insecurity, um, not being able to be around anything more than people you know and you can trust. Um, it was a it was a terrible period, and it's a terrible period for for any policeman that has PTSD. But it's like the army, and also like um, ambulancemen, etc. We all guys in the emergency services and the military are. are in a situation where you, the brain, the human brain is not equipped, built or trained to see the things we see or to do the things we have to do. Um, and it, it gets inside your brain, you know, in through the amygdala and all that sort of thing. I know the, the chemical process and all that sort of thing. But we see some horrific things and yet the next day or two hours later, we've got to get, be back to standard normal and treat the next person as though the thing that you just saw didn't happen. And now I've got to treat this this new new member of the public as though everything's fine. And go back home at night and eat fish fingers with your, your family or with your partner. And not take the trauma home. And that's the hard thing. Not take the trauma home. And my son, my son, my first, my second son, you know, was with me right through his early years and you know, he went through hell 
because I, I was mentally damaged. I, I didn't realise it because you don't. You're doing your best to, to survive. And you don't realise the harm you're doing to others by being a recluse, by sitting, on a, sitting in a chair and just disappearing into your own world because that's the only world where you feel, feel safe. But I think after you've witnessed extraordinarily difficult and traumatic scenes, you do the very best you can, don't you? You have to. It's the only option you have. You can either wrap yourself up in cotton wool and ask the world to feel sorry for you and sympathy will last maybe three months, or you dust yourself off, get up, say, well, I've lost this, but I've got all this, I've still got something I can do, and make the best of the situation you're left with. But then something very special happened for you, Ron, in the form of a rather large black Labrador. Tell me, brown Labrador, excuse me. Tell me a little bit about the brown Labrador in your life. Through my association and my history, I was also in the Army Reserve for 30 years. Uh, And through my association with them, I was contacted by a group called Defence Community Dogs, DCD. Now, DCD is a organisation based at this stage in in Bathurst and basically what it is is they take rescue dogs or dogs that are destined for euthanasia, they take them to the, at this stage, Bathurst prison and the dogs are trained by the prisoners or by the inmates, I don't like to call them prisoners, inmates is probably the nicest term, trained by the boys and they're trained by the boys to be post-traumatic stress disorder dogs to, to assist uh, veterans uh, that have got post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, by coincidence or by fortune, by mutual contact through Dave Evans, a mate of mine, um, the DCD contacted me and told me they had a dog for me uh, and they were wondering if I was interested in having him. Um, I went up to DCD in Bathurst in 2017, met Yogi, fell in love with him instantly and uh, we have been... Together, since that day, inseparable ever since. Tell me, Ron, how has Yogi changed your life? In every single conceivable way. Um, I tried to commit suicide five times prior to getting Yogi, and that will never happen again. I mean, even recently when I was diagnosed with terminal cancer, the the black dog would naturally jump down and start to try and... uh, convinced you that suicide was the right thing to do. But uh, Yogi basically jumped in front of him and said, buzz off, he's mine. And uh, <laughs> yeah, suicide, I contemplated suicide, uh, suicide maybe for three seconds when I was diagnosed and then I had Yogi. So he's changed my life. But even before that, from the very first day I got him, um, I used to be on 17 tablets a day for my, uh, for my PTSD and, and anxiety and and depression, etc. Within four months, I'm off all my psychotropic medication. I just don't need it anymore because Yogi takes the place. Um, and I used to suffer from three to four night terrors per week where you'd only sleep for an hour and a half before you'd wake up screaming. Um, but now with Yogi, uh, Yogi detects if I'm about to have a night terror from my breathing pattern and he'll get off up off the bed or up on the bed and he'll wake me up and interrupted the, the, the night terror and after a night terror I can actually go back to sleep because after you have night terrors you don't want to go back to sleep because you might have another one um, but I've learned that with yogi I can literally just go back to sleep and they won't come back so I, I'm not suffering from sleep or deprivation anymore I'm happy and I've got someone that gives me unconditional love 24 7. 
Yogi has literally saved your life, hasn't he? Several times over. Several times over. Um, you know, suicide, um, the depression that preceded getting him, etc. Um, he, he's let me have a life. Literally, he's given me a life. I mean, that's why he's the that's why he's the inspiration for Animal Therapies Limited ATL Award. Um, the Yogi, he's an amazing, he's an amazing creature that's. Almost human. In fact, he's more human than I am. And uh, I love him to bits. What's the future for you now, Ron? Because I know it's, um, once again, though, I think Yogi's definitely had an influence in in allowing you to kind of even think positively about that, oh, yeah. hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Look, he, 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 the situation is I, I have terminal cancer. Uh, they've run out of treatment options, so nothing can be done for me now. Unfortunately, the, the cancer is just going to grow within my body until such time as it kills me. Uh, but I'm at peace with that. I'm at peace with that because I've had a an amazing life. I've I've met some, I've met hundreds of amazing people that have supported me and and helped me through my life. Um, I've I've been blessed to experience some amazing things. I've dived in the sinkholes in Mount Gambier. I've, Walked the Kokoda track. I've prosecuted law at Duntroon. Um, I've been in the SOG before there was an SOG. Search and Rescue used to be the SOG. Uh, I've had an amazing, spectacular life. I've filled it to the full. And Yogi's Yogi's with me in my dying days because uh, now it's just a case of how long it takes for the cancer to actually get me. Uh, but I have my companion that is always there and just looks at me with those beautiful eyes and lets me know it's okay dad so i'm at peace with you know i'm going for assisted dying and i'm at peace with it i've had a great life it's time to step down off off this off the podium and let others have their amazing lives sadly since that interview was recorded uh, ron has passed away only last week And uh, from everybody here at the Doggy Pod, we send his friends and family our deepest condolences and we truly thank him for sharing his story with us and his time with Yogi. That's it for us on the Doggy Pod this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, Once again, please uh, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Um, And we will see you next week. As you know, episodes come out every Friday. Um, but as always, Rob wants to say a special goodbye. Mm, so, you know I like obedience training, but to really enjoy your dog, don't try and train your dog to become partly human. Rather, you should open yourself up into becoming part dog. See you next week. That's folks. good. Yeah. Bye. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.